This is 4L with Ryan O'Neill and Rebecca DeCoster. All right, Rebecca, we're back. Who are you? <laughs> I'm the guy formerly known as your podcast partner. Well, it's only been two months since we sat down and recorded anything. So we've recorded some stuff. We're, we're trying to build a catalog here as we're sort of kicking off season two in the new year. And we've done so some our, stuff. Our approach to that is to not actually download anything for several months. <laughs> Correct. But we're on winter, we were on winter hiatus. Now we're coming out of that for, for season two. And we thought the best time to film or record a podcast for season two was Valentine's Day after the Super Bowl. Exactly. Also, can I just say about the Super Bowl, kind of the only time I've cared about the outcome of a game in probably a decade. Who do you think was more vested in that Super Bowl? And this is a serious question. Los Angeles residents or Detroit residents? Detroit. Absolutely. Because the Rams have like 13 fans total. Well, one of them is a guy I went to high school with, shockingly, who does not live in Los Angeles. Is he from St. Louis? No. Okay. Because that also had to be real tough for St. Louis fans, right? They saw their old franchise go and win a Super Bowl, even though their franchise came from Los Angeles originally. It's Right. Wasn't it San Diego? Wasn't it? Was it Los Angeles? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, they were the LA Rams. Then they moved to St. Louis. And then St. Louis has had two football teams. They had the Cardinals and the Rams, both of whom now are in the AFC West. But I'm sure difficult for St. Louis fans to watch the Rams win Super Bowl 56 last night. And yes, like you, I was also happy for Matt Stafford, because if you've got to serve that much time in Lions jail, you deserve. And it's not just that he played for the Lions. Like, I, I... that guy always, to me, seemed like a real, number one, he always seemed like a stand-up guy, but just the sheer guts that he gave, I mean, going out there and, and putting his body and career on the line for meaningless games at the end of seasons where they were like, you know, two and 13, right. I, I just always had a lot of respect for him. He showed up every week. And there was a lot of people in this area who were like, well, Stafford sucks. He's the reason Detroit can't win a Super Bowl. And then goes to a team with a lot of talent, right? Like LA was built to win this year, surrounded by a lot of talent and goes out there in his first year and wins a Super Bowl. So happy for him, his wife, his four daughters. He's also a girl dad. um, And they will be at Disneyland today or tomorrow. So, Well, there's that. Yeah. Well, you always get to go to Disney. You win the Super Bowl, you get to go to Disney. I wonder how many people actually take advantage of that. I think a lot. I mean, Brady used to, I mean, the last time he won, he went to Disney World. Is it because they give him the VIP thing? Where oh, yeah. Don't you get like a, with you the get masses. A, you get a parade. You get like behind the scenes access. Oh, yeah. Well, you know how I feel about Tom Brady. I don't think he should be allowed to go. Yeah, no, he's well, you and I differ on that. I Um. know we agree to disagree (laughs) on that. So 
the Super Bowl was last night. Um, SoFi Stadium, five and a half billion dollar stadium in Los Angeles, hosted the event. Second year in a row, the Super Bowl was contested by the team hosting. So 2021, you had Tampa Bay winning in Tampa Bay. Last night, you had the LA Rams winning in their home stadium in Los Angeles. Why are I we really? Doing that? Well, it in the first 54 years, it had never happened. Now it's like back to back. So uh, interestingly, the NFL has announced that because they now feel there's a disadvantage to teams who have to play against the home team hosting, they want a venue that will always guarantee two neutral teams. So for that reason, Ford Field is now hosting every Super Bowl from here on out. Funny. Every Super Bowl will be in Detroit. Um, <laughs> I really also want to know, before we get into what we're going to talk about, because this is segueing there, if there was any normal people at the Super Bowl last night, like I know it's LA, but I, every celebrity A through E list was at that game. And I'm like, who was there like a normal, like nine to five working Joe, like you or I at that game last night? Well, how much are tickets? Let's start there. Um, I, they were going for substantially. I mean, I, I'm guessing they probably start in the thousand range. Right. So you've answered one question, which is why aren't there more ordinary people there? Because ordinary people are just trying to figure out how to pay for their groceries right now. True. But I feel like at other, I don't know, I, you don't, you know, when, when New Orleans or Tampa or Miami hosts the Super Bowl, there's celebrities, but not to the volume that there were. Well, probably because they didn't have to go any. I mean, like, they just. I mean, but it was everybody. It was like, you had your A-listers, like Ryan Reynolds, to your, you know, Instagram models peddling smart tea, right? I mean, every single person who had a blue check mark in their Instagram profile was there. And Emmett Smith. And I'm, I'm sure he has a blue check as well. I'm sure um, but in, get and and the halftime show was halftime awesome. Show but was who amazing. didn't who didn't perform at the halftime show? I'm, I'm Tupac, Kanye West. Well, but Kanye was there. Um, that halftime show was awesome, by the way. Um, and it. It really hit Eric, my wife and I, like, as we were sitting there, like singing, like, I go, now I know how all the other old people have felt like when the Rolling Stones would play and they knew all the music. And I'm like, now I'm the old guy who knows all these songs from high school and middle school, right? If you're born in the mid eighties, that show was for you. And I was explaining to my husband who people were, who is that? That is 50 Cent. Who is that? That is Mary J. Blige. Hang it upside down. (laughs) 50 Cent. So we got we to gotta talk about what we're going to talk about soon. So, right. So we're segueing there. Who was, who was there but not performing was Kanye West. And you and I, one of our first podcasts, we released right around the time that, that Kanye West and his, at some point, will be ex-wife Kim Kardashian filed for divorce. And if you haven't listened to that episode, do so. Because we talk about, it, you know, when they filed... Kim wanting or or petitioning for joint custody. And we talked about the dynamics of that. So Kanye was at Super Bowl 56 with two of his four children last night. And that really wasn't why Kanye was trending. Kanye was trending because uh, 
he's now decided to notch up, take take the the <laughs> take his case against Kim in a more public, vitriolic manner. Is vitriolic a word? Yes. Oh, good. It won't be the wordle word, but it's a word. Um, so, if you're not following social me- social media, Kanye, or or reading about this, it it was a weird weekend for Kanye. Um, he broke up with his supposed girlfriend, Julia Fox. He then posted a photograph on Twitter of him holding a legal pad that wrote, read out, my account is not hacked. I will be at Sunday service at noon and will be taking North and Saint to the Super Bowl shortly thereafter. Uh, the reason he had to post that is because people suspected his account had been hacked after text messages he had with Kim Kardashian's new beau, Pete Davidson, of Saturday Night, Lake, Saturday Night Live fame were posted to his account where Pete supposedly is is telling Kanye he doesn't want any issues with him, that he wants things to be amicable, that he looks forward to someday meeting his kids. Kanye wasn't super eager about that idea. He now refers to Pete Davidson as skeet. So if I use the word skeet throughout this, uh, it's because that's, that's what he's referring to him as. Uh, oh, wait, can we back up, though, a little bit? Sure. Because a couple weeks ago, wasn't there a news story again, and I use the term news loosely, um, because he went on some public tirade at Kim for having one of the kids on her Instagram, not the kid doesn't have her own Instagram, but she was creating content and Kim was posting it on her Instagram and he was losing his crap about that publicly, but he issues a public statement, like going after Kim about that, but didn't apparently didn't have like a private conversation with her about it. Like, Hey, this really bothers me as a parent. Can we like, it was just like public. Well, so, and I'm not sure what the posts were. I will tell you that for Super Bowl Sunday, both of his kids were featured prominently in his Instagram posts. So he was also, I guess, generating content. Right. Using his kids. Um, They sat 50 yard line. What? I said is hypocrite a word? Hypocrite is a word. It also won't be the wordle word. Um, So... He first released the text messages. Then he he posted the um, he posted the legal pad thing. He then asked Michael Che. Michael Che is a Saturday Night Live cast member. He is the co-host of Weekend Update and works with Pete Davidson. He says, "Michael Che, I'll double whatever they paying you just so you don't have to look at that pawn ever again." Big love. Uh, Michael Che, in his normal deadpan humor fashion, responded, sorry, but I won't, I would never betray my friends. And then on the next page of his post wrote, for anything less than triple salary. (laughs) Which is like perfect Michael Che. And then Kanye decided to escalate things even further. 
by writing on Instagram, I didn't wake up and fight for my family to trend over the Super Bowl, but it happened. The Super Bowl brings families together for everyone together. They're not, the, the, the punctuation is lacking in this post. So, um, for everyone married, hold your spouse close. Make sure they know how much you love and appreciate them. I agree with that because there's a skeet lurking in every dirty ass alley waiting to help destroy your family and walk around in Calvin Klein's around your children. I wish my wife was with me and our children sitting at the 50 yard line. Kim Kardashian, always remember West was your biggest W. The first response under this post, which I'm going to, which I'm going to read because I just thought it was hilarious was, and Pete Davidson is her biggest D. <laughs> and I'm not explaining that. Oh, hold on. Yeah. I, just, I want to make sure that I understand what the alleged facts are. They didn't, Kim, Kim, whatever her name is, and Pete Davidson didn't start dating until after she and Kanye were already split. Right? Correct. Okay. Correct. Um, so he's got like an alternate reality that he's living in. Correct. Okay. Correct. I'm, I'm reading this because he then later refers to Pete Davidson and writes, look at this dickhead. I wonder if Instagram going to shut down my page for dissing Hillary Clinton's ex-boyfriend. And I understand that now because Hillary Clinton, he has a tattoo of Hillary Clinton. So it's all making, it's all making some more sense. In any event, why we wanted to talk about this is certainly, you know, first of all, their divorce case is now going on a year. It's not finalized. I don't think that's terribly surprising. Um, but when we first discussed this case, you know, we both were sort of struck because at the time, Kim had been very open about Kanye having mental health issues and, and the frustrations I think that she has had as his wife trying to help him navigate those. I don't know. I don't know. So candidly, I don't know if what we're seeing over this weekend is another breakdown or which I found interesting. There's a Kanye West documentary dropping on Netflix on Wednesday. Oh, I'm sure that it's not contrived at all. <laughs> which he attended the premiere of with a woman who looks identical to Kim Kardashian. Um, so how much of this is, you know, a public relations stunt to generate views for the Netflix documentary? How much of this is Kanye being Kanye, how much of this is Kanye perhaps not being, being in the right, episode. yeah, not being in a right state of mind. But if for you and I, you know, talking about this in the context of, of matrimonial law, we are not unfamiliar with seeing divorce cases play out in the public sphere, right? Whether it's spouses using social media to attack either their former spouse or their former spouse's new beau, um, family members going after an individual on social media, and really the ramifications that it has for you as part of your underlying case. Well, that's the thing that's always been sort of striking to me, not only in the case of Kim and Kanye, but 
any like ordinary old case where someone very publicly posts something on Facebook, if you're over 40 or Snapchat or Instagram or TikTok, if you're under 20, (laughs) Twitter, like wherever, but it's accessible to anybody. Um, And if you think that your ex or soon to be ex is going to have one of their friends who's still your friend send that to them or that it's, if it's publicly posted that their attorney's not going to, and they're going to use it in a custody dispute. Absolutely. And it's, it's so, it's such an unforced error. Like it blows my mind. You don't have to post that crap all over social media. Like keep, I think there are a lot of attorneys who tell their clients to shut down their social media while they're going through a divorce. Don't delete anything because that would be a whole different problem, but like shut it down, get a therapist and don't talk about the stuff publicly because it like, if I saw those exhibits come in in a custody hearing, I got a, it impacts at least one factor, if not several. So you touched on something there. I just want to sort of divert for one second. Attorneys advising their clients to shut down social media contrasted with attorneys advising their clients to delete their social media history. Well, I would love to believe in my fantasy world that there aren't any attorneys who would advise their clients to destroy evidence, which is what deleting social media is. Right. How about if you deleted your social media post before you filed for divorce? Well, did you like, is it three hours while there's a runner on their way to the clerk's office with your divorce complaint? Let's say it's like a week before. But did you know you were filing? Can you prove it? <laughs> Can I draw a negative inference from that? <laughs> I, and again, I'm, I'm with you and I agree. But I think this is, again, something that, that you see, which is how folks will couch their cases, right? Right. Okay to advise your client, listen, you need to you you need to stay off Facebook, you need to stay off Instagram, don't be posting anything, don't have family members posting on your behalf, don't have friends posting on your behalf, because that stuff becomes equally problematic. Right. And don't don't I would say even don't comment on other people's stuff. Right. Versus go scrub your entire social media existence. Right. Right. Scrubbing is a problem. Scrubbing is a problem. Um, and anyone who doesn't understand why it's a problem, please comment or send a direct message and we will do a follow-up podcast. Right. Or listen to the TLC song. Um, <laughs> I wonder how many people get that reference. So this, you know, again, what we're seeing with Kanye Again, every state's a little bit different, right? You know, in Michigan, we have best interest factors where we examine, at least in part, the parent's ability to co-parent with one another, right? And obviously, this is going to be something that if it went to a trial, and I still don't think this case is going to a trial, 
would be evidence that would be used against him, right? Like this is somebody who's clearly not wanting to effectively co-parent with their other parent. I guess it could also go to the morality of the parties. Maybe. Maybe. Well, and I I think it might go to um, physical and mental health of the parties. If there is, if there is a longstanding issue, mental health, and this is just another example of why we're concerned. Yeah. I'd drop it in. I'd drop it in that one. Yeah. No, I would too. I, again, why we brought this up is. I'd drop it in stability. Like it's a stable environment. I don't know. Right. But if I've got some, like, I don't know what he's saying to the kids when no one's listening. He's clearly fine with posting that very publicly. What is he doing behind closed doors? I, if you think that, that your judge or referee isn't wondering the answer to that question when you very publicly do stuff that is completely nuts, you're wrong. Because I do. Like, if that's what they're doing in public, what do you think they're doing in private? Right. Oh, we, and you and I have talked about this before, right? Like what we see people do in the courtroom or in preparation for a hearing, you, you know, our assumption is always, this is you on your best behavior, right? When, when the spotlight is on you, this is you on your best behavior. And if your best behavior is really, really bad, what is your behavior like when the camera's off, right? When the spotlight is off of you. Yeah. So I think my favorite, my favorite is like, well, they're in that I am violent and I am not violent and they like losing their crap in a hearing right flipping tables over throwing things across the room yeah it's bananas yeah so again I I I don't know where this case is going to wind up both both parents have you know already moved on they've they started dating new people I think she has petitioned to be recognized as legally single. I think that's a thing in California. Um, She would know better than I would because she did pass her baby bar after the ninth time. So was it, did she really take it nine times, Ryan? Are you just making that up? I don't know. It was, it was more than once. We'll say that. Okay. Um, But, but again, I think that this case you know, again, for, for most attorneys and practitioners, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, you won't be representing the Kanye's of the world. Um, but there are lessons that we can pluck from, from these celebrity cases. And to me, you know, being on social media yesterday during the game and seeing Kanye trending and then reading about the why, I was immediately drawn to the difficulties that social media can present. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a double-edged sword, right? Every attorney has had those cases where the other side provides you with this cornucopia of evidence that you get to use against them because they just cannot control themselves on social media. Right. And then you're on the other side sometimes where you've got the client, you've got the Kanye who just will not stay off of social media. And again, La La Land operates in its own unique universe, right? If the multiverse was real, they exist in their own sort of separate sphere. 
where I truly can't tell whether this is being driven because of a mental health breakdown or whether this is being driven because there's a documentary coming out on Wednesday about me. But can I just say, like, if this is what you're doing to drive traffic to your documentary, like, you're sacrificing your relationship with your kids to promote your documentary. I sincerely hope that's not what it is. Like I am really in the place where I hope that someone's having a manic episode and that explains their behavior. But this time I like, if my choices are you're either promoting something for commercial gain or you're having a manic episode, like in this case, I hope it's a manic episode. Cause if you would do this, like, publicly and bring your kids into it to promote your documentary, shame on you. It's terrible. It, but would, would it surprise you? I think if you are unstable, you might not think through the consequences of what doing that would do to your custody case. But if somebody was advising you, if you had, you know, whether it's, you know, confidant or a PR firm telling you, Hey, we need to stir up some traffic here. I, I, I don't know. I don't live in a world where I, where that would be that far fetched for me, right. Where somebody would even be conscious or not conscious of the effect that it's going to have on their kids. No, I think oh, we I, all play a role, right? Like, in, yeah. I mean, we watch people do it all the time. We watch people, you know, blowing up someone else's social media or showing up at a former partner's place of employment mm -hmm. or putting themselves in a position where they're the other side has a real easy petition for a PPO, but they can't help themselves. But I also think like if you've got impulse control control issues that are that significant, like that's a to me, that's a mental health. I'm not a professional, but to me that's a mental health issue. Like if your impulse control is so poor that you can't stop and think through the consequences, then we've got bigger issues than your one Instagram post or your one Twitter or what the other Agreed. thing was that was striking now that I'm aware of this whole thing is that didn't he caption the post like you will never meet my kids? Yes. And I think Which, it was under a photograph that he had posted of. Pete Davidson and Machine Gun Kelly in their underwear together. Sure, as one does. Well, yeah. But I guess my point let he who hasn't hung out with somebody in only their underwear and posted it on social media cast the first stone. <laughs> so that'd be me. But I'll, <laughs> like, I find I find the caption very telling too because we run across this all the time too, like. You are no longer with your partner. If we were in a universe where they were actually divorced and some time had passed, allowing the kids to kind of get their arms around the fact that mom and dad aren't together anymore. And this is sort of our new reality. Like at some point you're going to repartner up and the, your former partner doesn't get to dictate everything that happens in your house. Unless there's some health or safety reason for doing so. Like. I think Correct. Tough, it's a tough hill to climb to say, like, there should be a prohibition against, like, this person from ever meeting my kids when we've been divorced for a year. Unless, like... Well, yeah, separated for a year. Huh? Separated for a year. Well, 
I mean, I, I think some judges would be fine with separation. Some are going to want you actually divorced for a while before we're introducing new people. Well, agreed. So we, <laughs> this is a case where they've, they've had a case pending for a year and both have had new significant they, others. Right. They're both dating other people, but it's a right. different way to date someone than to introduce your children to them. Right. And, and I don't know that Pete Davidson has met her kids because certainly the text messages that Kanye produced and his response seem to indicate that he has not. Right. That's what um, I was thinking. What you yeah. read said he, I hope to meet your kids someday. It sounds to me like he never has. Right. Which means that somebody got some good legal counsel on that one. Well, right. Or they're not a moron. Right. But you're, but, but, but the point that you're making, and again, it's something that we see a lot is where people want to control what happens in somebody else's home when they've been separated, divorced. I, we see this where people have been divorced for many years and people still oh, yeah. want to dictate, you know, I've been divorced for seven years from this individual and I don't want her to have John Smith over as an overnight guest. Right. I don't, I don't want, you know, Bill Turner raising my kids, or I don't want Ann Smith raising my kids. Like you don't get to, that decision has been made. You don't get to dictate what happens in the other parent's house anymore. Right. As long as it's not inappropriate and unhealthy. Yep. Yours. So big takeaway for the attorneys and practitioners listening, make sure you get a clamp down on your client's social media accounts. <laughs> because I'm telling you somewhere today in the world, there is a divorce attorney representing Kanye. And I don't know who it is. Who's, you know, got their work cut out for them. Somebody posted, somebody posted that. Have you ever seen that picture of, of Ben Affleck, like standing outside the house, smoking a cigarette with like. Just, Sad Ben Affleck. Yes. Where he's just like, yeah. oh, and somebody goes, the, the caption above it was Kanye's PR person every two hours. I mean, that probably applies to their, his, his legal team, right? Because he's now handed them a whole new series of challenges. And so, you know, you want to try to limit those challenges as best you can when you're appearing before a judge. Because, again, like we've talked about, what he's posting and what he's doing can have some real implications for him later on down the line. Right. Also, his attorneys are probably secretly delighted because it's just another billing opportunity. Nobody is like that. Stop. 